it's been already an amazing morning, hasn't it? So thanks to all of you who are joining online. I really felt this morning, as I've been praying over this time and praying over this time, I kept coming back to, I just felt, I feel like that this morning God has fresh strength and fresh strategies for us. And, you know, he loves that. Like, he says he wants us to go from strength to strength. So even if you're feeling really strong today, he's taking you into more strength. (laughs) If you're feeling these places of, like, these places I really feel like I need some fresh strength, like God wants to come in and really give that to us. He wants us to have strength. And he never intended for us to rely on our own strength abilities. I even heard that as we were praying over here before the service. He never intended us to rely on our own abilities. He never intended us to rely on our own strength. He never intended us to rely on ourselves to figure everything out and do it all ourselves. And so this morning, I feel like there's really going to be some places where God is going to come in and we're going to hear his voice. I want you to go ahead and tune in right now. Just tune in and just ask the Lord, what do you want to say to me this morning? Because I feel like he really just wants to say things. And, you know, he talks to us about all the stuff. Like, it's not always like this life-altering, I want you to move to Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wants to talk to us about all the stuff, all the little stuff and the big stuff. So, God has strategies and strength for the battles we're facing right now. And we have a few battles going on, right? Like, (laughs) we live in a world, well, there's a lot going on, right? I think that What the enemy is doing is screaming pretty loudly right now. I mean, when you have a pandemic, like, that's pretty loud, don't you think? It's being heard all over the world. There's all kinds of stuff surrounding that, other stuff going on. My beloved Africa home has been in war. I haven't been able to go since 2019. They won't let you in because of the war that... The Al-Shabaab terrorists have invaded northern Mozambique, and it's really, really rough there right now. So I'm saying, like, there's stuff going on, right? But this, I believe, this is huge, 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 huge. Even as we're praying over 2022 and we're moving into a new year, which (laughs) since 2020, (laughs) it's felt pretty significant to be moving into a new year, hasn't it? In 2021, we're like, all right, we're done with 2020. We're moving on. It didn't exactly work that way like we thought. Um, Just because we change years doesn't necessarily mean everything, you know, changes the way we want it to with it. But I believe... It's so, so, so important that we hear the voice of the Lord because God is doing stuff right now. God is moving. In my home, I was telling you about in Mozambique where there's war going on. People are coming to Jesus by the thousands. Um, most of you know that, that I'm, we're, we're, 
partnered and connected with a missions movement called IRIS, um, and that is who I work with in Mozambique. Well, IRIS is feeding 30 to 40,000 people a day in Mozambique, and God's providing for that. So God is moving. Like, nothing stops him. Here's the thing. Nothing stops him. Nothing stops God from moving. Not a pandemic, not a government, not a war, not a tragedy even. Like, all these things, even that we face here, job situations, family situations, struggle, things we're struggling with, nothing stops God. He's always there. He's always moving. He's always available. And he always has strength for us. And he always has strategy. Now, his strategy might be hold on and wait. It's not usually the strategy we want. We're like, really need your strategy to be zap it, you know? That'd be my strategy, but it's not always his strategy. But he's always, always going to give us what we need for whatever it is that is happening. He will. That's just who he is. He's so, so faithful like that. And so, none of that was in my notes. I love how I make notes. And, uh... You just have to follow Holy Spirit. That's the way we do things. We don't, we don't, again, we don't even approach a gathering like this relying on our own self. We want him to speak and do what he wants to do. So I want to say that I'm really thankful for our church. We have a really rich, beautiful, we have amazing people in our church. We're rich with love, with wisdom, with gifts from God. We're rich in ministering to one another. We can call up our kids and ask them to pray for people. And it's no joke when they pray for people. I'm just telling you, you should ask them to pray for you because, whoo. So, his presence just moves so beautifully and so powerfully when we gather together. We need this time together. I really want to encourage you in that. That when we gather together, we're strengthened, we're encouraged, we're built up, we're healed, we're set free. We love, love, love his presence. And we love it when we can be together to worship and pursue his presence together. It's very valuable. I want to encourage you, your intentionality to be here this morning, you're investing in, in something that is rich and deep and beautiful and powerful. And thank you also for being online. So he loves it. God loves it when we love him. He loves it when we value his presence. He loves it when we just give him these times that we can be together. And, you know, he does stuff, like I said. He does stuff because it's just who he is, you know. And it's because he loves us so, so much. You know, he says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand outside. One word from God, like I said earlier, can just shift everything. So... I just felt to encourage us this morning, like, 
it matters when we just show up. You know, you just showed up today. Like, maybe it was hard to show up today. You know, sometimes it's not easy to show up. But there's something about the intentionality of showing up that is super valuable. I mean, I know, like, in my life, I feel that way. Like, when people just show up for me, like, they show up with a phone call. They show up with spending time with me. They show up with an encouraging word. They show up with something that helps me in a time where I need help. They show up just with their time investment, right? Like, when somebody shows up in your life, it matters, right? Um, and I just feel that way. I felt that way about God. Like, it just matters that we show up um, in gatherings like this and every day with him. Just show up. Doesn't have to be fancy. Just show up, you know. Um, that's how you have a relationship, right? We have amazing technology right now that enables us to interact in all kinds of ways, which I'm actually very grateful for. But, you know, there's something about that in-person being with somebody, right? And, and when we, we need that. And I just wanted to encourage us that it just matters just to show up every day with God. It matters to show up in gatherings like this. It just matters. It matters for relationships. Relationships are built with time, right? The more people you spend time with, the more relationship you have with them, right? And again, like it can look all kinds of ways. Same thing with God. It doesn't just look like making a big time where you stop everything. It looks like just talking to him all the time every day. God loves to be in the day-to-day -day stuff, you know. I find him in all the places of my life. I listen to him. Even when I don't have a question, you know, just tune in. Like, it's not just when we have a question or when we have a need. Just tune in, every, you know, just all the time. He tells us stuff. I love, love, love that about God. Um... I love it that he tells me stuff that I don't already know. That's a really big deal to me. I love that about him. He loves to do that. And it doesn't just happen when I am stopping and, and being still. It happens even when I'm on the go. And so I, I, I had this thing happen to me this week that kind of even God kept bringing back to me as I was preparing for this morning. It's, it's a little embarrassing, honestly, to share this, but it's real. And I believe God wants to do this this morning. And so here's the what happened. So if you are part of our staff team, then you know this about me, that I will get here on a Tuesday morning, we have staff meetings, and I will, I will be standing at the door with my hands full, with my keys in the bottom of my purse, and I don't want to put everything down, open my purse, dig out my keys to unlock the door. 
So I'll just stand there and wait till somebody comes who has a key to unlock the door. Like this is a, this is a thing, okay? So literally, this is what happened to me. I'm driving to church on Tuesday morning for staff meeting. And on the way to church, this is what I hear. You know, you could get your keys out before you get there. I mean, I was like, wow. You are so right. Do you ever have those times when it's like, yeah, you know, I could have thought of that. It's not really that complicated. But this, this is what we do. We get, we get familiar with things. We get used to things. We get used to doing things a certain way. We get used to, we get, get really, um, it becomes, you know, like just a thing. And we don't even realize it's a thing, right? So, guess what I did? I pulled out my keys before I got out of the car. It was really amazing. I walked up to the door with my keys. I let other people in. It was like amazing. But <laughs> that's what God wants to do. You know, he just, he cares about stuff. It, it, it wasn't like, oh, like, you know, I need to send you across the world to do something. He says that stuff, and he does that stuff, but he does the everyday stuff, you know? Um, he tells us things. My whole walk with God, I do want to write a book about it. I would call what happened to me in my car coming to staff meeting an epoch moment in my life, even though it was a silly little thing about my keys. But it was a profound thing in that, wow, God, how many other things do I need to hear you talk to me about that I'm like, I don't, I didn't even see that. I didn't even think of that. Like, why did I not think of that, you know? Um, and I just feel like this morning he's got stuff for us, just stuff. It might be just little stuff. It might be big stuff. It might be stuff that heals our heart. It might be stuff that shifts our course, or it might be stuff that just you need to know for, uh, for just your everyday life, you know? He cares about that stuff. So, another thing about God is he just doesn't do it the same way every time. Have you noticed that? Like, this is a, I think this is a really important thing to understand about God. Because we are all about the formula. Give me the formula. Look, we've been trying to do this for thousands of years. Everybody's been trying to do it. You know, well, here's the steps. Here's what you do. Here's how you live. Here's the way to do it. And if you read the Bible, it's quite fascinating he never does it the same way, twice. I believe it's because he, he wants us to have a relationship. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to listen to him. If we just get the formula, if we just get the blueprint, then we'll just go about our life and we don't engage as much with him in relationship. And I think that's one of his biggest reasons for doing that. But it's super, super important that we listen to him and do, him, do it like he says. 
and that we don't ignore him or we don't pass over it. I could have passed over that even about my keys. It wasn't that big a deal about the keys. I could have been like, well, that's okay. I like other people letting me in. It's easier. I could have done that, but God was speaking to me. I was going to get out my keys if for no other reason than God spoke to me, right? It matters what he says. And in the Old Testament, he gave them specific plans for the battles that they were facing. And it didn't go so well when they didn't do it the way that he said to do it. And you know they could have been like, now come on, God, really? Like, that doesn't really matter to do it that way. You know, when they brought the ark, you know, of the covenant, you know, with the presence of God back in, you know, and somebody touched it and he died. It's like, really, God? Like, I'm just saying, it mattered. And in the New Testament... Jesus didn't do it the same way. Listen to this. Look, just, I just was reading just one part of what he did about blind eyes. So listen to this. In Matthew 9, Jesus approached a blind man, and he said this. He said, do you believe I'm able to do this? And then he said, it shall be done to you according to your faith. And the man's eyes were open. Okay, Mark 8, another blind person. Jesus didn't say the same thing to him. Jesus, this is what it says, after spitting on his eyes, just saying, after spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? The man had partial sight, so Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were healed. It says he began to see everything clearly. Okay, this is super fascinating because, one, like, I don't know why Jesus would spit in somebody's eyes. Like, I wouldn't do it that way. I don't know why. Like, if you read the Bible, God is a little strange. He just is. It's okay, though. Because if I'm blind and spitting in my eye is going to make me see, well, please spit in my eye. Okay? Like, I don't know why he did it that way. Another fascinating thing about this, it's Jesus. Okay? It's Jesus. He put his hands on the man's eyes, and the man only saw partially. It's Jesus. And he prayed a second time. It's Jesus. Like, surely the man could have been healed the first time. Surely the man could have been healed if Jesus just said, be healed, right? But he's teaching us something. I, I recently heard a testimony. Same situation, blind person. And they prayed for this woman 19 times. Like, in the, in the same time frame. Like, they would stop, and they would say, how's your vision? And they would pray again, and they would stop. How's your vision? They would pray again. They did that 19 times. Okay, I might have given up after four, right? I don't know why it took 19 times, but the woman started to see. So, it's important to listen to God. And it's important for us to have strength that... 
we are not going to give up on things. And I think that's something that God is doing, especially in our part of the world right now with his church. Like, hey, guys, you're stronger than you think. Don't give up and don't stop short. Keep going, keep going. So if Jesus had to pray, pray twice, it might be okay if we have to pray 19 times. If I'm blind, you're welcome to pray for me 19 times. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, God heals people because he cares about them. It's not because there's some healing theology that we're always trying to figure out. No, Jesus heals people because he actually cares about them. So if it takes 19 times, that's okay because that person matters. John 9, he spat on the ground and made clay and applied the clay to his eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. He went and washed and came back seeing. I don't know why he put mud in his eyes. Why did he tell him to go and then go wash in the pool? Like, because here's what we do. Everybody go wash in the pool of Siloam because that's how you get healed. So then the healing starts coming from the pool, right? Because that's how you got healed. No, I don't know. That's just how he did it right then. I don't know why, but he had a reason, right? So, he just, I know all of you have stories too. You know, you have stories that Jesus hasn't always done it the same way in your life, right? And, and yet you trust him and you listen to him. He just does so many crazy things. So, listen, the first miracle was at a wedding, right? Many of you know the story. They ran out of wine. And Mary says to them, do whatever he tells you. So she knew, right? She knew there's not a formula. Just do what he tells you. What did he tell them? He told them to fill the pots with water. They're probably like, you are crazy. We're out of wine. What's water got to do with it, right? But if you know the story, you know they did they did it. They did what he told them. They filled the pots with water, and what did he do? He turned them into wine, and that wine was better than the previous wine they had been serving. You know, Jesus cared about that. He cared about that. It seems like, gosh, like with everything else in the world, like why did he care about the wine? He cared about that. Mary cared about that. The family cared about that, and they did what he told them to do. God tells us stuff, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to our brains. So I have a couple of questions for the kids. Are you all ready, kids? Okay. What did God tell Noah to do? Build an ark. Exactly. Now, that was a little bit odd, right? <laughs> That was an odd thing for God to tell Noah to do. It wasn't even raining, right? But if you know the story, you know that God had a reason for building the ark, right? All right, kids, you ready? What did God, do you remember the story of Joshua and Jericho? What did God tell Joshua to do? March around Jericho seven times. They had to be thinking, okay, that's a little odd. 
we're in a battle, and you want us to walk around the wall seven times and blow trumpets. Like, that's a little odd battle strategy, right? Okay, but you know the story. Like, they, walk, they walked around it seven times. They blew trumpets. The wall fell down. Like, I don't know why. Like, why did God talk to Moses through a burning bush? He gives Moses life-altering instructions, instructions that were going to deliver a nation through a burning bush. I don't know. He is a little odd. But you know what? If God is speaking, it doesn't matter what he's speaking through. We just need to listen and do what he tells us to do. God gave Peter a vision and told him to go with the man who came looking for him. The man who came looking for him was Cornelius, a Gentile man. And Jews weren't supposed to go to Gentiles' homes. But God had already told Peter, he already gave him a vision, and he already told him to go with the man who came. Peter didn't know the man that was going to come was going to be a Gentile man, not a Jewish man. Peter did what God told him to do, right? And it shifted everything, right? It shifted everything to where the Gentile people were brought in. He did it through a vision. He does stuff. He talks. He talks in all kinds of ways. And he talks in different ways to different people. He talks in different ways at different times. And so don't ever compare or measure um, how he's doing it with us or think it needs to be a certain way. So I have another story that I've told before, so a lot of you know this story, but it's just one of my favorite stories. I'm telling it today for several reasons that have to do what I, with what I feel like God's doing today. So this story is actually has a picture which... Bless the media people because, you know, I asked if I could show this picture like during worship, you know. Holly's asking me last Thursday, did I have anything to show? I'm like, no, you know, sorry. Anyway, bless them and thank you. So, a lot of you have seen this picture, but I love this picture and this story. And here's several points I feel God wants to make about it. So quickly, the story is, that is the same man in both of those photos. It does not look like the same man. And this man's name is Jose. And Jose was an infamous witch doctor. No one would come near him. The police wouldn't come near him. No one would come near him except to ask for his witch doctor help. So we're in a village on outreach, and this man shows up, the picture on your left, he has snakes in his hand. He came to, showed up in this village with these puffer adder snakes in his hand. They're biting him everywhere. They're poisonous. They're very poisonous. They're biting him. He's not even phased by it. So this is what happened. So Heidi, she leads this ministry with her husband, Roland. So Heidi looks at the man, and this is what she felt like God said to do. So this is what she did. She said, I think you're just tired. 
I think you're actually tired of all this stuff. I think you want Jesus. The man looked at the ground, looked back up, and said, you're right, I do. They burned the snakes. He came to Jesus. They baptized him right then and there because that village was near water. They baptized the man. The next picture, the one on your right, is the same man a year later. We went back to that village. He got up on the back of their flatbed truck, and he told all the villages who were there his story. And it was so fascinating because this is what he said. He said, I used to have snakes, and now I have friends. Like, that is what God does. But what fascinates me about that in relation to what I'm feeling today is nobody started yelling at the devil, okay? That was very demonic. I mean, no way around that. Um, nobody started yelling at the guy. Nobody started yelling at the devil. Immediately, Heidi listened to Holy Spirit, and she did what he told her to do because the man thought he was coming to terrorize us. He was coming to meet Jesus. So guess what? All these people that are doing things that are really hard for us, God wants them to have an encounter with him. I believe with all my heart, and I pray every day, What's going on in my second home of Mozambique with these Al-Shabaab terrorists, God's bringing them there to meet Jesus. Some of them actually have been arrested and are put in prison. Our people then go to the prison, and these men come to Jesus. God wants people to come to Jesus. And it doesn't matter the situation or the scenario. That is what God wants. And here's the thing. He's able. If he's able to do that with a witch doctor who has poisonous snakes, who should have died with all the snake bites he had, um, God can do stuff, right? God can do stuff in our life, right? And he, he will just tell us what to do. And it might sound so crazy. You're like, why would I tell the guy he's tired? That's dumb, you know? Like, the man is standing in front of me with poisonous snakes, and I'm going to tell him he's tired? Like, what in the world? I don't know. I don't know. And next time we encountered a witch doctor, God didn't say to tell him that he was tired. God actually, many times, a witch doctor in the village has a sick family member who gets healed. And that's many times how they come to Jesus. But he just doesn't do it the same way. I don't know. He's very interesting, but he's very, very, very powerful. So, I'm going to wrap up really fast, okay? But this is important. Because guess who else wants to say things to you? We do have an enemy. And it says, even with Jesus, when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, it says, the devil said to him. Have you ever thought about that? The devil talked to Jesus. 
The devil thought he was going to persuade Jesus to do something his way. I don't know. He's pretty bold. But Jesus heard what the devil said, right? But he didn't listen to it. We know the difference, right? He didn't do what the devil told him to do. He knew it wasn't God's plan. He knew it wasn't God's voice. So he said no to the devil. And he told the devil to go away. We can say no. We all know this. I know it sounds very elementary, but I think we need to be reminded today. We can say no to those voices that are going off in our head. So I'm going to ask the kids another question. So kids, what are you going to do if the devil's talking to you? Ignore him. Very wise idea. Ignore him. What are you going to say to him? No. That's right. You're going to say no. You're just going to say no. No, that's not God's voice, so go away. That's all we have to do. But I'm just telling you that sometimes we get involved with those voices going off in us before we realize it, right? We're listening to it before we realize we're doing it, even though we all know, oh, yeah, don't listen to the devil, right? Quick story, Nehemiah. If you know the story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was following God's plans, and he was building a wall to protect God's people. There was an enemy who didn't like God's plan because they didn't want the people to be protected. They didn't want the people to have a wall. So the enemy starts talking to Nehemiah. And he's telling him, stop building the wall. It's not going to work. It's not going to be strong enough. He told Nehemiah that the wall was just going to fall over. Like it just wasn't going to stand. It was just going to fall over. So Nehemiah recognized it wasn't the voice of God. And he recognized that the enemy was just trying to wear him out and make him tired and discouraged and get him to quit. So what did Nehemiah do? He said, no. He said no to the enemy. He said, I'm not coming down off this wall. I'm not even going to come down and fight you. I'm going to stay here and keep doing what God told me to do because I know I have an assignment. I know I have got God with me, and I know I have a community to fight with. And I wanted to say two things about that. One, this is really important. Do we have more trust in the accusations coming at us than we have in God? That is misplaced trust. And it will wear you down. It will discourage you. It will bring hopelessness, and it will try to make you give up. So I believe God wants to realign some trust this morning. That's part of how he's going to give us fresh strength and strategies is we're going we're gonna to recognize the voices we're listening to and that we have put trust in those voices. And I believe God's doing that not just this morning. I believe all week we're going to become aware, oh, wow. I've been putting my trust in that accusation and not God. 
accusations coming at you about, you know, telling you to give up, telling you bad things about yourselves, all those things, it, that's not God. It's not like, oh, well, you know, we kind of tried to create this in-between thing, I feel like, you know, well, because we kind of had like, well, there's God and there's the flesh and there's the devil. Well, it's either God or it's not, really. Like, it doesn't really matter what the other voice is. It's either God's voice or it's not God's voice. There's not really an in-between. We would like to have an in-between because then it's like, well... Maybe I can kind of listen because maybe it's not. You know what I mean? We don't even do it consciously. It's either God's voice or it's not. And he's given us power to recognize when it's not his voice and to say no to it and to tune in to him. And it's, it's, it's a daily battle. It's not like it's easy. I wish it was easy. It would be great if it was easy. But he gives us grace, and that's a whole thing that I don't have time to go into right now. But uh, he gives grace to help us in our weakness. So, again, we don't even have to rely on our own strength. He says, come boldly before the throne of grace and find grace to help in time of need. In Hebrews, whatever you need, whatever you need help with, What does he want you to do? He wants you to go to him. He doesn't want you to run away and hide. Adam and Eve tried that. It didn't work so well, right? He doesn't want us to do it either. Whatever we're going through, whatever weakness we have, whatever failure, whatever mistake, whatever struggle, he wants us to go towards him, not away from him. Towards him is where we're going to get the strength we need to deal with the situation, right? So he has grace. And I want to tell you what I think grace is. This is the Marcy Fish definition. Grace is God's supernatural presence for us to live beyond our natural ability. I'm going to say it again. God's supernatural presence for us to live beyond our natural ability. I'm going to say it again. He never intended you to live by your own strength and ability. When we became born again, we became new creatures, and we were seated in heaven. And we don't even totally live from this realm. We live from both realms. And we don't live from earth trying our hardest to pull heaven down. We live from heaven to earth. (laughs) That's the great news, right? So he wants to be our strength. That's why he said to come to him when we, had, when we needed help. He knew we were going to need help. He didn't expect us to not ever need help. He didn't expect us to never be discouraged. He didn't expect us to never have weakness. That's why he talks about it so much in the Bible. He knew we would, and he knew we would need help, and so he told us where to get it. In Psalms, David said, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. I don't know why. It'd be great if we came to Jesus and we were all of a sudden like, you know, invincible and never could, you know, never felt sad or anything. But that's not the way it is because we relate in this realm, right? And so God shows us a whole new way of living 
where we live from his grace and we relate and we're real people and we don't have to hide and we don't have to be afraid to have a weakness. Humility in James, it says, actually gives us even greater grace. I'm all down for the greater grace part. So we're going to wrap up with communion. It's time to wrap up. Man, that went so fast. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Tricky, tricky with the little cup thingies, but take out your little, you know, it's supposed to be the bread. We'll, we'll, we'll take it, right? We'll take it. So, take it out. Jesus, thank you that you are the bread of life. Thank you for your body that was broken for us, that enables us to live in you and you in us. And thank you that you told us to do this, to remember that we have given you our whole life and that you have given us new life and that you are our daily fresh bread. So we take this bread right now and somebody might could throw me one. Um, We take this bread right now. Thank you so much, Abs. And we remember you, Jesus. take the cup, open the next layer, and if I try to do that with the microphone, it could be really scary. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood, that it says in your word that your blood speaks a better word. So thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life so that we could come in to new life ourselves. Thank you that you told us to remember that you gave your life so we could have new life and so we could have a new covenant and so we could have inheritance and so that we could have a word that speaks a better word than all the words that try to bring us down. So right now we do. We take this communion and we remember and we thank you, Jesus. So let's stand up. And our ministry teams can go ahead and come up. And if you want somebody to pray for you, then please, please, please don't leave until you come up and get them to pray for you. And uh, right now, Jesus, I just thank you that I thank you for fresh strength and fresh strategies. I thank you that even like what you did for me. Even when we're driving in our car this week, we'll just hear your voice. Tell us a better way to do something. Thank you that you do that. Thank you that you're so faithful. Thank you for your voice. And right now, we say yes to your voice, Jesus. We say yes to listening to your voice, and we say no to all the other voices. And we put our trust in you. Jesus, in your voice, in your words, in your ways, we put our trust in you. And we thank you and we say we will do whatever you tell us to do. And thank you that we get to be here to help each other. You know, 
God also says in Hebrews to see to it that no one falls short of his grace. So we, we, he wants us to help each other. He doesn't want us to yell at each other from afar. He wants us to take hold of each other's arms and help each other to grace. I, I'll do whatever it takes to get to grace. It's not always easy. And sometimes I struggle my way to grace. I wrestle my way to grace. I cry my way to grace. I ask for help to get my way to grace because I know I'm not going to fall short of it. We have people up here right now that they're going to help you get to grace right now wherever you need it. Go to a friend. Go to your family. Tell them what you need, an area where you need grace. And let's help each other not fall short of the grace of God because that is where our help comes from. So thank you, Jesus, for fresh strength and strategies all week long that you're so faithful and we love you. Amen. All right. Go get... Go in strength and get fresh strategies.